Welcome to Codependent and Shit. How's it going, guys? I'm here. Um, I'm here to record. Um, it's so hard for me to record, but like I've said a million times, when I get messages of people being like, I hope you keep going, I'm like, okay, I need to keep going. It's just, if you listen regularly, you know why I'm not recording. I'm still in heavy grief, yo, about this. This needs to be fucking talked about is losing a very close loved one because more than ever it's common it's very common um in the last few years that a lot of people lost their loved ones i'm included in that my mom dropped dead may 16th 2021 we left off in the worst terms ever i dude this i don't like even know how to explain how much more in depth my mom's death is it's not just like she dropped dead it's like the terms we were on the the things I said to her in the week prior um Mother's Day the week prior I didn't do anything for her I didn't even send a happy Mother's Day text until my sister told me like hey she's really upset um that's how I felt though at that day if I knew she was gonna die a week later I would have obviously handled everything differently but there's other things too that occurred that's just like yeah I'm grieving and I'm also grieving that I have a lot of guilt it's fucking heavy it's heavy it's painful and I struggle because people don't get it like they don't if you didn't lose your very close loved one I'm talking like parent best friend child um anyone you were super close to like this person was a part of your everyday life a major role in your life then people that have not lost someone like that don't get it and it's really fucking hard to just be like trying to pick up and move on even in the first in the early years it's going to be two years since my mom died coming up soon and I I don't know I don't know I can't believe how hard it still is um how much I'm adjusting to like not having the help with my son not helping having her to call even though like I had a really uh tumultuous relationship with my mom as you guys know I I wish I could call and just be like the I used to call I was one of those like memes like at any inconvenience I call my mom I really did any inconvenience I have no one to call it sucks my dad is about to be 80 He's getting up there. I'm just like, I'm 31. Am I about to be parentless? It's just fucking gnarly. It's heavy. I don't know how to deal with this shit. Trying to be sober, not doing well. That's another thing I'm going to fucking touch on in this episode is rehabs and the recovery community. Um, reco- the mainstream recovery. Okay, like AANA meetings. Look, look, <laughs> look, if you are an AA or NA, and it works for you, I'm happy for you. Good. I think it can work for people. Do I think it works for everybody? No. Do I think any healing modality is meant for everyone? No. Nothing is one size fits all. You got to do what you need, what's going to work for you. Um, and I just want to mention something 
I learned the hard way about the system of like recovery and the rehabs and the sober homes. It's a world I wasn't super familiar with a year ago. Um, I knew I had friends that obviously went to rehab. I heard I knew what rehab was, but I didn't realize what it really is like what it is the underbelly of this um, industry. So a year ago, I was reeling from another relationship with a really super toxic narcissist psycho dude got out of that relationship but I obviously I I went down a warrant like I was just struggling I took off to Hawaii by myself drank a lot in Hawaii was so desperate for just some help I think I just was so mentally fucked that I felt hopeless I'm like maybe I should just go to rehab because I was binge drinking I do, I do be binge drinking as a means of coping. And so I'm like, hey, maybe I should just go to rehab. I called my friend that's a therapist and she was like, maybe, yeah, go, maybe she tried to go to treatment. I'm like, okay, maybe I need this. Maybe this is going to be good for me. Maybe this has like been something I've needed forever. And I was just so desperate for help. Checked myself in. And this rehab was sketchy as fuck. Okay. I didn't realize until I think a weekend I tried to leave. And they gaslit the fuck out of me. It was like, it was like they, this dude was like, had a whole system set up for when you try to leave and like what they need to say to gaslight you and manipulate you into stay. And it worked. It really worked. But I also just didn't want to be out in the world when the year mark of my mom's death was coming and Mother's Day. I just was afraid to be out. Um, there's just, the reason I'm bringing this up is because I can say a year later that I went into treatment different and I'm in a, like this isn't a good thing. I came out worse, way worse. I've I've had more struggle with substances since I went to rehab than I did before. The mentality that was drilled into my head, the doctrine that was forced upon me, everything about it gave me this image of myself that I didn't even have before that I was forever gonna be um, a victim of this disease that I'm always gonna be an addict I'm always gonna be an alcoholic which I'm sorry I don't I think there's a fine line between alcoholics and people that binge I and I do believe that alcoholics exist I believe addicts exist but I do not believe that every fucking person that comes to an AA meeting or anything is guaranteed to be that it's just if you even say you think you have a problem it's just the first thing people are like oh my god go go to a meeting go to an eight go check it out and then you go to a meeting and they're like welcome home welcome home and you're like oh welcome home wow like I'm being accepted and welcomed by these people they like really wow welcome home and then they're like yeah make you convince yourself that you are an alcoholic too and you are part of this family do what we say or you're going to fucking die. That is literally what they say, okay? They say, if you're not working the program, if you're not doing this, you're going to die. And if you leave the program, you're going to die. I had a whole group of girlfriends when I was in AA and it was cool. I liked them a lot. We had a lot in common. But once I didn't do AA anymore, like by my own choice, um, once I felt like, okay, I'm like, you know, I have this... I don't say under control completely, but like, it's really not as problematic as like, I'm not drinking every day. I don't, 
it just wasn't the level where I need to be in meetings five days a week and all that. But so I just I just made a choice that I just I think I need to go about my journey a different route as one can do. But the people in AA did not want to fucking talk to me anymore. The girls, what my sponsor, who was like my best friend also, cut me off. Doesn't want to speak to me. So you're basically telling me, you know, I'm not doing what you say or believe I, I should be doing to get better. I'm, I, we are not friends. I can't exist to you. Like, that's fucking retarded. Sorry for saying retarded. That, I shouldn't have said that. But, um... That's so ridiculous. And that's no, that just sealed the deal for me. Plus, I'm honestly my biggest thing is that I experienced myself worse. Get worse. My anyone really close to me can confirm. I was worse after rehab. I hit my rock rock bottom that I think I would have never hit after rehab because of the what was drilled into my head, the beliefs and um, the people I was starting to know, I was starting to hang out with, I wasn't even hanging out with people like that anymore before rehab. It's just so crazy how much I've had to, I'm just realizing a year later how much I've had to rewire myself from that whole experience of going into recovery. And something else I want to mention about recovery in these rehabs is that a majority of these rehabs in California and Florida are fucking shams. They are run by addicts and addicts are great fucking liars, manipulators. They don't care um, about feelings. They just want money. You know, they, they're coming up. They've a lot of them been to prison. Like it's just a mentality you pick up. And um, I don't think they're all terrible people, but like there's something I think really fucked up about collecting people's insurance money and knowing that you are not offering them any real solutions besides that you're trapping them like an animal in this place and that they're probably just going to go get high the second they fucking leave and most people do and they wind up overdosing still and they get stuck in these tr- treatment loops where they're always getting put into rehabs and they're relapsing and then we I had so many friends go through that and I learned about body brokering while I was in this rehab I had a girl a girl came in and she was from out of state. She had been in treatment. She was starting to call bullshit on a lot that was going on. I had been too, but I also didn't know that that there's like a, a things you can look out for that are sketchy about rehabs. Basically, the most rehabs, I am telling you, not I'm not imagining. It's most. I think there's probably 2% that are legit. Um, they just want insurance money. They want to fill the beds because they get so much money per bed per piss test per from insurance companies they collect so much money for every group you do these groups I did were a joke they once they had a movie on me and my friend in rehab were watching a movie and they had a sign off that we did a group like she was like this movie group what the fuck because your signature on these on these things is how they get they get money and anyways this girl came in she was like, this place is sketchy. I was like, what do you mean? And she told me. She kind of explained what body brokering is. I'm like, what the fuck? Realized there were some sketchy ass people when I got in there. They were definitely getting paid to be there. Um, and now that's a thing. People get paid to go into their, these rehabs. Uh, addicts, they, obvi- they even get bribed with drugs. They're like, hey, when you come out, we'll give you money. Um, 
and a lot of them will get funneled through like hotels they have hotels where these addicts are just relapsing again they relapse and then just bring them to a new new treatment center bring them and it's it's a whole disgusting industry it is sick and it's the underbelly of treatment and I it was the most disheartening disgusting thing to witness that a girl I became pretty close with who was just so sick um met like mentally needed so much help like definitely needed some diagnoses like I think she was um like like borderline bipolar just gnarly on a gnarly level but I cared about her she we had great times in rehab we were we were laughing all day every day and to witness her get sent back to Oklahoma with no resources and no real like nothing got better for her she relapsed and I talked to her not even that long ago and she's fucked off she was about to go to prison like every nothing got better for her and just witnessing these people not getting the help they think they're coming to California to get it's just so fucking sad that these people can just sit there and really just take their money and sit on their high horse and be like oh I'm in recovery of six years and you're just fucking making money off other addicts like so fucked and it makes me mad and I just want to say like if you're considering treatment or you're considering putting your children or loved ones in treatment please do your research and try to find one that has like licenses is certified is legit if they're offering to fly you out for free and all this shit that's a red flag if they're offering you money when you get here too red flag like they don't need to if it's a good treatment place they don't need to swindle you into coming and a lot of these people you speak to on the phone when you call for help they're in a call center and they are literally trained to try to get you to come to their place trained to teach you that they're trained to convince you that this is the best option that there is hope that they are going to help your loved one and it is so fucking sick because that, that person on the phone does not give a fuck and they don't even work in the treatment facility they work in a call center um i was told my insurance would cover my my um my stay also and it was not it was out of network i found this out after i got out they lied to me so I just had to get, go off about that because I'm sure I have a lot of listeners that have struggled with substances or they they have loved ones that do and just please look into options, other options, honestly. I'm sorry. I, I think it helps some people, but I think it can, it can also do a lot of harm. So just to have discernment. Um... So other things I wanted to talk about, you guys, is um, <laughs> I just got to share my st- a little story. I got into a relationship. It's already, I already ended it. Um, not because he was bad, toxic. He actually was the total opposite. He was great. He was healthy. It appeared, I mean, then the way he treated me, carried himself, beliefs. I thought he, I mean, he just checked off a lot of boxes for me. But there are some things that I, I thought was just not nothing like super bad to where I'm like okay he has a double life you know shit like that it was just subtle things that I just thought was weird and and that's why I just want to tell you guys because this is so weird to me okay I met him I'm trying you know I'm kind of rebounding from my situationship that was making me crazy (laughs) um and I met someone that checked off a lot of good boxes so I was like okay like let's do this it just my gut was like yes let's go I did not feel that instant spark chemistry but according to people 
you're not supposed to feel that really with someone that's normal and healthy. So I was like, okay, I'm going to push past this because like, I do have interest, just not, you know, overwhelmingly a lot. And so I continue to see him, I think like a month and a half in. And listen, I also decided to, to not be intimate, to not rush that wait till we're like more like not necessarily committed but like I was open to like waiting as long as possible because I wanted to see what getting to know someone without sex blinding me without being digmatized (laughs) like how it would feel and what how getting to know someone in another way first would go um so we waited we went on several dates but our dates would always be really brief because he also has his kid has a kid um and he has him every weekend so it was like really hard for us to see each other but we would see each other have like two hour dates and we were on several dates so it's hard to get to know someone in that time and we would talk in between like send each other voice notes um but I I don't know he didn't really like texting much and this is also what was fucking weird okay he would not text this is something that from day one I was like this is weird and I still think it's weird he did he wanted to message on Instagram like after our first date I was like okay yeah here I should give you my real number like my number now you know like because we like obviously like hit it off well enough so I'm like yeah here's my actual number you know so you could like text me that's what I'm thinking that's what usually people do I thought and um (laughs) he's like okay takes my number um it's like I'll let you know when I get home and when he does let me know when he gets home he tells me on Instagram I'm like what the fuck okay but like I don't have his number still I thought that was weird so I said something about it I'm like "Mm, why did you not like do you like not like want to text or and he said like oh no I'll text you I said hey I just want to make sure you know I dated someone that was a complete phony version I mean just was not the person he pretended to be and before you and I'm just you know cautious and I just want to make sure you don't have a double life so he's like okay I'll text you yeah no worries so he sent me a few texts and then he just basically said oh I just prefer Instagram I miss texts a lot and Instagram it's easier not to miss them blah 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 I brought it up again on another date because I just still thought it was fucking weird like weird I'm talking like and then sometime in after this, there was a point where he had gone hiking with his son. It started getting dark. I hadn't heard him all day. So I sent a text. I was like, hey, just want to make sure you're good. And he does not reply to the text. He replies on Instagram. I thought that was so weird. I still think something's weird, but I tried to ignore it. Because I'm like, you know what? This is this is so much less than what I've dealt with, what I've accepted as far as like a red yellow flag whatever I never found out anything about why that was his thing I still don't know um but I've told people and anyone I've shared the story with men and women were like that's weird and obviously people like he probably shares a phone bill with someone he honestly might but okay I just want to talk about the other things that were weird um he presented himself we met on bumble um apps are weird I hate them but hey I was like cool we met on Bumble he portrayed himself on Bumble as being in great shape uh I work out a lot um a work in progress 
but I mean, I work out, it's a, like a lifestyle thing for me. So I do desire a partner that also works out because we would just be incompatible otherwise. Um, and I thought he was like into fitness. So I was like, cool. And then when I met him, he like, I mean, it was cold. He had sweater on him and I'm like, okay. But then his Instagram too was like a lot of recent posts were him being fit as fuck. Like I'm talking big shoulder daddy, like big arms. Like I'm like, I'm weak for some good shoulders, big bulky shoulders. And I was like here for it. Obviously he said he was going to the gym sometimes when we talk. So I'm like, okay. He still works out. But then he started to also mention, like, hey, I'm not in such great shape. I had an an injury. He had some eye surgery. said he just got clearance to work out again. And he was working on it. And I was like, okay, that's fine. Whatever. And we, I kept seeing him. But I would see him without his shirt on. And don't get me wrong, this man is not fat, okay? He was not, like, a problem. I was like, okay, he's just a little fluffier than his post. Whatever. He's, like, it, you know? Um, I tried to just overlook it. I'm like, big deal, Ashley. But then he would, he, like, posted again, like, while we're dating at this point. Um, I think he had asked me to be his girlfriend before then, too. Yeah. Um, once we were dating, which I don't know if it was before or after, but, um, we were official, he posted again, like recycled a video where he is super fit working out in the gym. Like it was just, like it had just happened. And I was like, what the fuck? That's weird. Why is he posting this? Like, this is current. Like I've been seeing him. This is not what he looks like right now. And why does he need to post that like what where why is there a validation factor here his whole instagram was him like being fit and stuff the last couple years which is fine um but to post like it's current i think is weird because why who are you trying to impress first of all you know the girl you're dating knows you don't look exactly like that yet you don't care i just thought that was weird but it's also deceiving it's i don't like, where's the pride in that? It's like buying fucking followers. It's like buying the blue check mark. Like, where's your pride, man? You didn't earn that shit. Um, but I tried to look past it, guys. I was like, and like, we had not been intimate, so I didn't really see in his body. And if he was bigger, that's fine. Just don't fucking act like you are something you're not. And don't act like fitness is a part of your life if it's not anymore. Like that, like, be real. So, um... I tried to overlook that also. Once he even sent me a picture, an old gym pic. Because oh, I asked. I was like, oh, is this now? And he was like, oh, no, babe. Soon, sometime soon. I'm like, okay. And it said in the corner there was a watermark and it said fit editor. I'm like, oh, my God. He fucking edits pictures? Like, another thing. I was like, weird. I can't relate. I don't like that. So... These were just little things that bugged me. And I'm like, okay, but he has such you know, other qualities that I liked. We had a lot of compatibility. He was a man of faith. He seemed like he had morals. Um, we would be able to talk about God and have conversations about God. And I really want that in a partner. Um, I really want to find a Christian man. Um, like a real one. (laughs) 
And he seemed like that. And I was like, please, like, I, I'm so sick of these motherfuckers. Like, I'm down. So I pushed myself, pushed myself to, like, keep trying to see him. He asked me to be his girlfriend. I was weary about that. Um, and basically, I think it was only two weeks after I agreed to be his girlfriend that I broke it off. Um, and I'm going to explain why I broke it off now. I went for the first time to his house on a Friday. Um, he had told me he lived in a back house, right? That's fine. I'm not judging, okay? Do what you gotta do. He's a single parent. Um, he said he lived in the back house, the family's back house. I'm like, all right, cool. We, upon arrival, he's like, oh, it's a trailer park, like, just park. I'm like, Okay, I didn't know that, but hey, I don't care. I also, not judging. So what? Mobile homes are lit. Some of them are pretty nice. So I was like, all right. And then upon entering the said back house, he tells me, it is not a back house, it is a garage. And I was like, oh, okay. Still like giving it a chance. I go inside. It is indeed a garage. It looks, it has furniture and stuff. There is no bathroom. There is no kitchen. And I'm like, wait, he has his 10 year old son with him in this, in this every weekend. Like no wonder his son is calling every, on every date. He is trapped in a garage wondering when the fuck his dad's coming back. I just was not expecting that. And I felt kind of shallow and tried to push myself to stay. Um, I was supposed to spend the night, but I straight up didn't want to. And I told him like, Hey, I'm not gonna spend the night. I didn't want to all day, the whole day, like all day before I went, I didn't want to go. I didn't want to spend the night. And that should have been a sign right there. Like, you don't want to be with this person. Come on. Um, this is not a person you want to be in a relationship with. And so I pushed myself though to stay and just drink and wine about it. And then like, it just, I didn't like how it smelled in there. It smelled a little, just not. And I just felt like there wasn't full transparency. Like that was the last straw with me with not not being transparent like I feel like the fitness thing was weird the phone thing was weird and then just kind of not really being upfront about his living situation but and that's not even the issue if he was like hey I live in this you know garage but I like I'm saving I'm planning on you know having a plan of like the future because we he talked about like oh if we live together we live together like, what am I gonna be the fucking breadwinner like no fucking thank you I'm sorry I don't want to be the breadwinner of my relationship I've done that before I am dating no busta ass dudes like I like people with ambition I have ambition I want to always strive for more and I don't want to date a man that's not on the same page with that and I'm entitled to want that I'm also entitled to want a man with the plan who's leading so I was like, this isn't the right situation for me and politely started to break it off. I do want to say I have a fault in this. I also wasn't transparent with him. I didn't fully disclose that um, I still smoke weed as much as I do and stuff like that. I was not transparent. He did not know a lot of things. I tried to be open and I think it honestly kind of threw him off how much I had been struggling this not even a year ago. And I don't know. It just wasn't, I wasn't honest, upfront honest. And this is something that made me realize like, hey, you know what? I like, I've said this a million times, but like, it's obviously very clear 
that I am not in a place for a relationship right now. I have this two failed relationships in a year. Brief relationships, not, but still, like, it's just not in the cards for me. I'm not in the place to pick someone healthy. I am not in the place to, it's just, I don't have the emotional capacity for it either with how much grief and how much I'm struggling with my own life and adjusting to parenting um, without the help I had. Just everything, man. And another thing I want to say, and I didn't, I did not tell this person, and I just want to finally just fucking say this, I'm bipolar. I found out that I was bipolar in fall, I think, last year. I also was diagnosed with CPTSD, complex post-traumatic stress disorder, lovely. I feel like being bipolar and having that, it's like I feel probably all of that times 10, which just honestly explains why my life has been the way it has, why my 20s were barely survivable and um, why I've had such issues with jobs in the last five, six years, like having just such severe depression where I couldn't function. It all makes sense. I've been misdiagnosed for a very long time. I'm bipolar. It's super not gnarly because I'm in, I'm in between um, bipolar one, bipolar two, but it's a thing and I've really struggled to accept it. Um, like really struggled. It's just so fucking hard still. I don't want to accept it. I don't want to tell people. I don't know who I am now. I don't know what parts of me are me and what parts of me are my bipolar because I, I just, it's just really overwhelming and I haven't, I've tried to record episodes talking about this and I just couldn't, wasn't ready, but this is something I realized like I didn't tell him and like, I feel like I have to be kind of upfront with my partner, my potential future partner, because I don't know, I feel like you need to tell someone that you're taking meds for it. Like I'm taking meds, like the whole deal. So yeah, that's um, another thing I wasn't transparent about, and I feel like I'll probably talk more about being bipolar and the diagnosis I received, both, but for now, it's like I just have to get that off my chest, and you guys, I just don't know. I'm just trying my best. Basically, though, I do want to say and acknowledge that you get closer and closer, okay? Every person you date, I feel like if you're healing, you will start to notice. If you're doing the work, um, I feel like you will start to notice that every person you start to date is becoming a little better and better, like closer and closer to what is healthy and right for you. Um, that's definitely been the case with me. It's like I can't, I, it sucks that nothing works out. I mean, that these relationships that didn't work out, right? Like, because you go into it, like, with hope. But at the same time, the sooner you can just realize that it, it's not a fit and move on, the sooner, you closer you get to the real one. Like, this guy was such a, an improvement for me, <laughs> even though there were still hang-ups. And I, you know what? I broke it off. That's why I ended it quick. I'm like, okay, on to the next. Like, this just ain't it. Um, I will say and tell myself I'm not kidding, you guys. This is still within me. I'm f I fight this toxic little bitch within me. I that night I left his crib. Okay, I went straight to my situationship. I I texted him when I was still there. I I 
I literally saw him immediately and immediately put myself right back in that. And I'm beating myself up for it like crazy now. I'm like, what are you doing, Ashley? What the fuck? Like, I already cried and moved on from it. And it's like my my little traumatized little girl in there was like, let's go back to what's familiar now. Hey, this didn't work out. Let's go back to that guy that puts you on the emotional roller coaster. It's um, dopamine hits because a bitch just wanted to get high on lust again. It's so fun, isn't it? All right, you guys. I'm I'm just being real. I'm struggling, okay? But I'm I know what I'm doing at least. As long as you have awareness, I think that's the main thing cuz you're not just going to change overnight or fast. It's a really long, gnarly process. I'm not going to lie to you, but we have to do it if we want to be happy and have what we want and have healthy relationships. So just keep moving forward and laugh at yourself at your your slip-ups. I think it's just better, obviously, feel the... I think you should feel a little bit of grief about having a slip-up. But I think after, like, that's initial, like, you let yourself have that, you should just laugh it off because it's like, this is just part of the process. It is so fucking normal. Everyone does this. It's hard. It's gnarly. You're reprogramming your brain. It's not an easy thing to do, to unlearn. So, all right. I just want to catch you guys up. I love you guys. Love your messages. Always want to hear from you. Hopefully, sooner than later, I'll be more consistent with recording, but can't make any guarantees. All right. Love you guys. Bye.